0: To our new passengers, aloha and welcome. As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone, and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. The show will begin momentarily. Thank you. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Welcome to Dave's Disney view podcast provided on our own version of the information highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold onto the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors for the comfort of others. No smoking, please. Thank you. Dave's Disney view is a look at the Walt Disney world resort and sometimes beyond as seen through the eyes of Dave, a frequent visitor, a one-time cast member, and an engineer who simply enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. Now, please keep your party together and put on your virtual mouse ears. And by all means, enjoy the
1: show. Good day, everyone. It's Dave again with another edition of Dave's Disney View podcast. And this week we're looking at Disney news again from across the uh, Walt Disney World Resort and beyond uh, into the other parks and some of the Walt Disney Company and what they're doing. This uh, news-related podcast is for the early part of October 2011. We start off talking about a Verizon Wireless app that's available. There's the Mobile Magic app that's free and uh, available from uh, Disney that you can download if you're a Verizon Wireless customer. This app offers accurate wait times as well as official Disney FastPass return times and availability for the park you're in. In fact, the same system that powers wait times in Disney's FastPass in the park powers the app. There's also a GPS-enabled park map, mobile games, and an easy way to make dining reservations directly from your phone. To download the app, you have to visit the Android marketplace on your Verizon wireless phone. Now, here's the interesting thing. A Verizon uh, version of the Mobile Magic for Verizon iPhone users is scheduled to launch in the next few weeks. Now, there's an interesting problem here. If you happen to be an AT&T user of an iPhone, such as I am, you do not have an app currently and there isn't one planned for the immediate future. But... There is one that's going to be supposed to come out late this year. It'll be a lighter version of this because of the, the fact that Verizon is the official provider for uh, Disney World and they have this relationship with them for doing some of their licensing and so forth and marketing for them. Uh, they, they aren't going to pro- provide the same detailed app for uh, AT&T customers, but they will have an app available. So this is one of those interesting situations where Disney makes a decision to do something based on the fact that they have a relationship with a company, but those of us who aren't using that company kind of get the short end of the stick just a little bit. Recently, Cirque du Soleil celebrated its 6,000th performance at La Nuba at Downtown Disney. The show features high wire and flying trapeze, acrogymnastic performances, and other displays of coordination and strength set to live music and brilliant choreography with an international cast of 67 artists. Cirque du Soleil hosts more than 1,650 spectators 10 times per week for a total of 478 shows a year. Now, here's the interesting, fun thing about it. I've seen this show, and I think it's great. I love Cirque du Soleil. I think it's very imaginative, a lot of fun. And this particular show is really pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, trampoline jumping that's really pretty neat. And uh, it's a, you know, they do some very interesting and innovative things with the way they jump on the trampolines. And they go up sides of buildings and land on things. And it's very, very cool. It's well worth seeing. Always worth the price of admission, I think. So um, I highly recommend that you check out this show if you have an opportunity. It's, uh, it's really a lot of fun. Now, if you're an annual pass holder, uh, you can get two category tickets for just $50, plus tax, good, f- uh, good for a Tuesday through Saturday performance through the end of this month, so through October 29th. To purchase tickets, all you have to do is call 407-939-7604, and you can get uh, t- the uh, two Category 2 tickets. Disney has announced that there's a new gift card uh, available in a print-on-demand desk at Town Square Theater in the Magic Kingdom. The desk is located across the lobby from Tony's Town Square Restaurant. You can use computers to choose from more than 100 card designs, including several exclusive designs found only at the Town Square Theater desk. Once you select a design, a cast member will print the cards in seconds right from the desk. Load these special Disney gift cards with any U.S. dollar amount between $5 and $1,500, and you can use the card right away on Mickey merchandise, dining and more. See, this is a really cool idea, I think. Uh, Disney came out with the idea of Disney Dollars back in the, I guess it was the early 1990s, the late 1980s. They had a one and five dollar denomination that was exchangeable for cash and usable at any of the Disney stores or any of the uh, Walt Disney World resorts um, or anywhere in in the Walt Disney World property and also at Disneyland. And it had the uh, one for one exchange with US currency so at any time you could return it back to uh, dollars. What they were hoping for was that people would take these home as souvenirs. I have a couple of them at my house. They're really pretty neat. But this is kind of taking it to the next level. With the consumer market moving more toward these uh, prepaid cards and these you know, gift cards and, cards and different things like this instead of cash, I think this is a tremendous move by Disney to get more things in the marketplace. I can tell you I'm a little bit familiar with some of the industry uh, as far as what goes on with the uh, these prepaid cards. And what tends to happen is that people will use them and uh, they'll have like 50 cents left on them, and they'll put them away and send, put them in a drawer somewhere. So essentially, the company that owns that card has the float on 50 cents, still redeemable at any time, but they, uh, the, com- the uh, company holds that 50 cents and can earn interest on it. Think about thousands of cards with 50 cents on them, or a dollar on them, or whatever on them. Uh, you can really, The company stands to make a lot of money and interest off of those. So from the company's perspective, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know who they're branding this with, but I've got to imagine it's one of the big credit issuers. Um, since they have the Disney Visa card, uh, I've got to imagine it's uh, probably the same company that manages that. Turning to cruising, based on an overwhelming response to the first Hawaiian itinerary, Disney Cruise Line is adding a second Hawaii cruise to its 2012 schedule. The addition of a second Hawaiian voyage complements a diverse array of Disney Cruise Line itineraries departing from the West Coast, including cruises to the Mexican Riviera, the Pacific Coast, and Alaska. With the majority of its West Coast sailings originating from the Port of Los Angeles, or the Port of Seattle, a Disney family cruise vacation is more accessible to guests from the western United States. Said a Disney Cruise Line president, uh, Carl Holtz, We listened to our guests, and shortly after we announced our first Hawaiian voyage, it was clear our guests wanted more options to visit Hawaii. This second sailing to Hawaii is part of the wide variety of Disney Cruise Line vacation options for families in 2012, including new itineraries, regional home ports, and the debut of our newest ship, the Disney Fantasy. For the first time, Disney Cruise Lines will offer two special voyages to Hawaii from Los Angeles, calling on, pardon me if I get these names said incorrectly, Kahului, Maui, Nawiliwili, Kauai, Honolulu, Oahu, and Hilo plus Ensenada, Mexico. The Disney Wonder is scheduled to uh, set sail on seven-night Mexican Riviera cruises from the uh, Port of Los Angeles for the majority of the year throughout the winter, spring, and fall. Beginning on May 28, 2012, the Disney Wonder will sail a total of 14 seven-night cruises from the Port of Seattle to Tracy Arms, Skagway, Juneau, and Ketchikan, Alaska, and Victoria, British Columbia. Then, beginning on September 22, 2012, the Disney Magic will sail 12 seven-night cruises from the port of Galveston to the Western Caribbean, calling on Grand Cayman and Mexico's Costa Maya and Cozumel. A Caribbean cruise on the Disney Magic offers families tropical getaways with world-class entertainment and impeccable guest services found only on a Disney Cruise Line vacation. Guests will enjoy three magical days at sea to explore all of the fun aboard a Disney Magic and three days in port to lounge on warm, golden beaches, to swim uh, or snorkel in azure waters, or to shop in exotic marketplaces. And, of course, there are other cruises that will continue from Florida's Port Canaveral heading out into the Atlantic and into the Caribbean. There was a press release that came out recently that said Walt Disney Parks and Resorts Worldwide is joining forces with visionary filmmaker James Cameron and Fox Filmed Entertainment to bring the world of Avatar to life at Disney Parks. Through an exclusive agreement announced by, the Disney's, uh, by Disney, Cameron's Lightstorm Entertainment and Fox, Disney will partner with Cameron and, and producing partner John Landau to create the themed lands that will give the theme park guests an opportunity to explore the mysterious universe of Avatar firsthand. Disney plans to build the first Avatar-themed land at Walt Disney World within the Animal Kingdom park. With its emphasis on living in harmony with nature, Animal Kingdom is a natural fit for the Avatar stories, which share the same philosophy. Construction is expected to begin by 2013. Now, personally, I'll admit I'm a little bit perplexed by this announcement. Okay, first of all, I'm not a huge fan of the Avatar movies. Uh, While it had some fantastic worlds that were created by computers, I found the storyline to be a little bit lacking and just patently absurd. I know it was successful, and I understand why Disney's getting in on it. I, I do get that. But it kind of brings me around to thinking, wondering why they're doing it You know, kind of this way. And why in the animal kingdom? Does it really fit within the world that exists there? I, I honestly don't think it does, but I'll give the Imagineers time to work out the details before I pass any further judgment on it. One question they have to answer is where exactly it's going to go. At this point, they really don't know. They haven't figured out where they're going to put it. But I'll be curious to see how this kind of evolves. I give, De- I give Disney the benefit of the doubt in most cases because they really come up with some very clever and creative ideas in ways to imagine things and put them into something that exists and make it feel like it's been there all the time. So I'll give them a pass for now, but let's see where this nets out because I'm really not sure how this kind of fits together. So Alawani, uh Disney's new DVC property in Hawaii, opened recently amid much fanfare. There's a lot of art uh, that's part of the larger Hawaiian story, as told by Hawaiian artists, said Joe Rody, Senior Vice President and Creative Executive Director for Walt Disney Imagineering. More than 50 pieces decorate the hotel, including oil, acrylic, and watercolor paintings, batik on silk, sculptures, wood carvings, kappa, and bas-relief. The story begins as guests arrive, beautifully designed with a balance between man-made structures and natural surroundings. Alani uh, relates to the environment and design traditions of the islands. At the resort's entry is a Loi Kalo, a tarot terrace, embodying the important culture of the spiritual ties of the peoples to the land and each other and Ohana. Kalo is believed to have the greatest life force of all all foods and uh, is an important staple from the early times to the present. From the traditional to the contemporary, art is an integral part of the story. The the resort's dramatic interior space is Makala, uh, the grand open-air lobby where layers of meaning begin to be revealed. Uh, Makala means eyes wide open and alert, so it kind of fits in there. Uh, The Imagineers had fun with the oceanfront resorts and lounges, crafting a whimsical story of a fishing family that fell in love with the land in the 1890s and built the first structure off the Hook Lounge, where they lived. As the family grew, they built the second hail, or thatched-roof dwelling, from the 1910 era. Then two more buildings. Uh, The story goes that when Disney developed the property, these uh, four historic buildings built up until the 1930s were here. Again, it's our tribute to Hawaiian culture with an eye to the future. As Walt Disney Imagineers continue adding to the magic of Alani, they are weaving Hawaiian stories into the buildings, the interiors, art, and gardens of the resort with the help of local architects, artisans, and historians. It's built on 21 acres uh, to a crystal blue lagoon and a white sand beach, uh, Koalani. Alani is a a Disney resort and spa and features 359 hotel rooms, 481 two-bedroom equivalent uh, Disney Vacation Club villas. Uh, Rooms are housed in two 15-story towers with a commanding view of the ocean, mountains, and magnificent grounds. On-site are two restaurants, an 18,000-foot square spa, a wedding lawn, a conference center, and extensive water activities, including a central swimming pool, 900-foot uh, tube-floating water course, wading pool, body slides, sunset-facing hot tubs, a quiet adult pool, a snorkel lagoon, and a conservation pool. Alani will also include a signature kids' club, Auntie's Beach House, where kids can explore Hawaiian culture through fun and games, arts and crafts, and many other experiences created just for them. The resort will also offer excursions that invite families to discover the island of Oahu. Guests can enjoy a -a one-of-a-kind adventure that blends the wonders and excitement of Hawaii with the Disney tradition of storytelling, choosing from a variety of experiences that include surfing, rainforest hiking, and learning how to prepare Hawaiian cuisine. Reservations for Aulani are now open. You can visit www.disneyaulani.com and uh, get more information, or you can call 866-44-DISNEY to get more information. And frankly, I think the concept is great. I'm you know, kind of glad that Disney gets into these things and thinks about the bigger picture. It's not just about theme parks. It's about the entirety of uh, entertainment and, your, and value for your money. So you go to these resorts, and there's still storytelling. It's, it's something more than just a resort. You, know, you could go to a, another uh, company's property and experience a very beautiful resort. But you don't get the Disney amenities and the Disney touch. You're missing the story, the back story, why, you know, why it's here, what it's doing. And I think that's really what sets Disney apart and makes them interesting and exciting. So um, one day I'd really like to visit this resort. I don't know if it's in my near future or my very distant future, but it's a dream of mine to go and visit this resort one day. Disney announced on their official Disney Parks blog recently that the long-rumored park-wide role-playing attraction Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom is now uh, appearing at uh, Disney's Magic Kingdom in the Walt Disney World Resort. Merlin the Magician will recruit guests to become apprentice sorcerers and then help them with maps and clues that show where and how to defeat an army of Disney villains. The new attraction is scheduled to fully open in 2012. It's uncertain whether they mean the wizard from the Sorcerer in the Stone who was named Merlin or a magic magician named Merlin, uh, though there's a good chance it's really the former. It would actually be that uh, Merlin the Magician that's part of the Sorcerer in the Stone. So the the objective is to uh, go around and defeat these villains. Now, they're, we're hearing stories about what kinds of uh, devices they're going to use. They're saying it's not going to be Pal Mickey or a device like that. It's not going to be a mobile phone like the Kim Possible. Um, what they're thinking is uh, something along the lines of the Disney Dream uses these uh, cards displaying QR codes, and they're thinking it'll be something like that, or maybe even an advanced technology beyond that. Uh, you know What it would do, essentially, is use sensors uh, for checking for cards with QR codes and then uh, revealing something as a result of it. Mickey's Midship Detective Agency uh, does that uh, on the uh, Disney Dream, so you know, there's a good chance that it would be similar. There's uh, facilities up for the game in Adventureland uh, disguised as giant crates in new spaces. As you go along through the parks, you may see some of these things pop up, and you may be wondering what they are. Well, they're intended to be used for that, and they're testing some of it now, and they'll be using more of it in the future. To kind of be a companion to that, a new Wilderness Explorers game has been playtesting in Africa at Disney's Animal Kingdom over the last few weeks. Uh, Based on the elements of Disney's Pixar movies Up includes the character of Russell. The gameplay takes elements from the existing kids Kids Discovery Club in a Kim Possible type of experience where you're going around and looking for things. It's been a limited test, with perhaps a view of it becoming a permanent addition to the park. The addition comes at a time when Disney is adding interactive games to the Magic Kingdom. Um, Imagineers began adding the concept of in-park games uh, with the addition of the Kim Possible World Showcase Adventure back in 2008. Now, I think this is really cool. Having been on Disney's Scavenger Hunt, that was, as I've said in my previous podcast, and if you didn't catch them, I encourage you to go back and listen to them from May of this year. Those were so much fun. I had more fun doing that than I probably had at Disney in decades. That's not to say I haven't had fun with my kids. That's not to say I don't enjoy going there. Just on the whole, that was probably the single most fun thing I've done. And having this interactive adventure just seems like a really cool thing to be able to do. So I look forward to seeing this, playing with it, having my kids play with it, hey, playing with it myself, whatever, Uh, and just really enjoying it. It seems like it's going to be a lot of fun to, to test out. Uh, In a couple of other pieces of news, Donald's Safari Breakfast, the character breakfast at the Tusker House in Disney's Animal Kingdom, has proven so successful that it's been expanded to another meal. Donald's Dining Safari Lunch begins serving on December 4th. Dinner remains character-free for the uh, time being, but I expect that that will probably change as well. The new character buffet replaces the non-character buffet lunch previously served there, and the menu is likely to remain mostly the same. Carved beef, curry chicken and fish, tandoori tofu, tofu chutneys, Tunisian couscous salad, samosas, and banana cinnamon bread pudding are all on the menu. There's a separate kid's buffet, of course, for uh, for the little ones. The character lunch will cost between $25.99 and $29.99 for guests uh, 10 and older. There's, you know, they're, they're still kind of testing it to figure out what the uh, right price point is going to be. I do love these character meals. They're a lot of fun. And the buffets that they serve at Disney are actually one of the better values on the whole, that you can get, because you can get a lot of food for your money. And I really do enjoy it, and uh, hope to uh, check that one out one day. Frankly, I like the Tusker House the way it was. It was one of my favorite restaurants on property. Um, I just like the variety of food, the rotisserie chicken, the different things that they would serve there. So I kind of miss the old Tusker House, but hey, I get it, and it's uh, pretty cool. So if you're interested in uh, having a character lunch with uh, some of the Disney characters, you might want to check that one out. And one comment about some of the movies that Disney had released over the years, particularly the cartoons. So you have your that period of the late 1980s to the, uh, late 1980s to the early 1990s, where Disney released a series of cartoon anima- animated feature films uh, to the uh, marketplace. That included The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, and, uh, and Aladdin, and of course The Lion King, among others. And you know those movies made great strides. They did some great things. There were some uh, some really fun movies that came out. What I'm finding interesting now is that Disney is re releasing them onto Blu ray and trying to get you to purchase another, uh, another round of them. So they produced them on VHS, then they produced them on DVD, then it was an enhanced DVD, now it's on Blu ray. And they re released them to the theater in 3D. Now, I'll give them, you know, I'll cut them some slack, no problem. You can release them as many times as you want on different formats. But releasing them in 3D almost seems silly to me. Uh, because these movies were never intended to be in 3D, and frankly, because they're cartoons, they're kind of missing the element of what makes 3D interesting. You can do some interesting 3D when you're doing renderings such as um, Pixar does, um, and that might make sense. But in the sense of the, uh, the typical movie, it just doesn't, doesn't really fly with me. I just don't get it why you do it in 3D. I know. You're trying to build the hype. I get that. But, uh, you know, I just don't see it. And, uh, you know, re-releasing some of them, like The Lion King to the theater, Seems a little quirky to me as well. I'm not sure why you released The Lion King back to the theater. You know, it's a movie that's just as good on your home screen. Actually, it may be better on your home screen. Uh, you know, you buy a copy of the DVD and you watch it, and it's you know, it's more entertaining in some ways because it, it kind of fits with the home theater experience. I think. Anyway, that's just my opinion on it. I'm glad to see them coming back out and continuing to re-release these movies and making them, keeping them popular. And finally, today we reflect back on the park dedication, which happened about 40 years ago uh, this month when uh, Roy O. Disney came and uh, dedicated the park. Of course, Walt had unfortunately passed away a few years before the park's completion, so he wasn't there to see it come to fruition. But Roy was there, and Roy did the park dedication, and I'd like to play for you now Roy's speech at the uh, park dedication.
0: Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and the life of Walter Elias Disney, and to the talents, the dedication and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place, a magic kingdom where the young at heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. Dedicated this 25th day of October, 1971.
1: Now, frankly, I can't believe it's been 40 years. Well, really, I can't believe it's been 15 years since I was last a cast member. But uh, it really uh, it really is a remarkable time when you think back on it. You know, 40 years of Disney magic in, in the Walt Disney World Resort. And still going strong and still loving it. And I think, um, I think it's one of the most fun places to go and really enjoy yourself. Uh, so I, I really uh, still admire the uh, the park and what they've been able to do and what they've been able to put together in this time frame. It's been uh, truly remarkable, and I really look forward to continuing my association with Disney, even if it's through this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. It gives me a lot of great pleasure and great pride to be able to present information about Walt Disney World and the Disney parks in general and the Disney company at times, so I uh, continue to look forward to, uh, to doing that for you. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it, uh, and remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. See ya. From all of us, thanks for taking a listen to the podcast today. If you're standing,
0: please hold onto the handrails and stay clear of the doors until the show stops completely and the doors open. Ladies and gentlemen, please collect your personal belongings, watch your head and step, and take small children by the hand. As this concludes our journey, we hope that you enjoyed the show and that you drive home safely. Our thanks go to Doug at geekacres.net for his contributions to the show and also to Craig for the original music you hear on the show. You can find Craig's music over at reverbnation.com slash sound A. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the show, please feel free to contact Dave at davesdisneyview@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Show notes and links to other great content on the web can be found at DisneyPodcast.net. Now, I will raise the safety bar and a podcaster will follow you home. <laughs>